You're listening to the Mobcast Network. I'm not exactly quaking in my stylish yet affordable boots, but there's definitely something unnatural going on here, and that doesn't usually lead to hugs and puppies. Welcome to the Weekly Mobcast, your look at what's happening in pop culture and what's going on in the Mobcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Mopcast Network or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mopcast Network. Now here are your hosts, Scotty and Stephanie. Welcome to the weekly Mopcast number 69. 69. Woo! We finally made it to 69, my favorite number. I am your facilitator of fun, Stephanie. And I am joined by my co-host. Your Native American pop culture spirit guide, Scotty. Also, I was promised air horns and confetti. What happened? I never said anything about air horns and confetti. I uh, thought about oh, making this alcoholic I'm, beverages. I, I'm sorry. Next episode, I will have evidence of you you having. In fact, did I'll, I just say yes to something? Because no, I, I no, you were like, I'm going to have air horns and confetti. I, really? Like, like episode 66, maybe 65. Go back and listen. You said you was it when I was drinking or not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're usually drinking, so. <laughs> well, there was that period when I was trying to be healthy. It may have been when during during the workout time. Okay, then I was hallucinating then <laughs> from lack of alcohol. So it was either I was drunk or hallucinating. That was either, your excuse. Either either right. or, either or. I am I am disappointed <laughs> that we do not have. Don't be disappointed. You have me, and we have a special guest for episode <laughs> sixty nine. We do have. A so spe- come on. Uh, we have an excellent guest. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, a lot of things today, but most um, the big chunk of today's show is going to be about Buffy the Vampire Slayer's 20th anniversary. And so I was hanging out on Facebook, and I saw a dear friend of mine posting about Buffy, and I was like, this is a great time to have you on. So we have Dr. Ann Guzzi here. How's it going? It's going great. You teach at South Alabama, right? Yep. I teach in the English department at South Alabama. Um, do technical writing, composition, um, pedagogy, that kind of stuff. But, as you were saying, finding a way to, to get paid to talk about pop culture. I teach a class on horror, literature, and film. Yes. And I also teach classes on the hero's journey. And this semester I've got a seminar on the Twilight Zone. I need to go back to school and take all those classes. This show we just didn't got have classy. That. We <laughs> did not have those classes when I was in college. I'm a little upset. I'm going back to school just so I can take your classes. Excellent. I think I would ace them all because that's the stuff I'm into. I don't know. I was on Rate My Professor today. Uh-oh. <laughs> How is she rated? Is she's she tough? Actually, she's actually rated pretty high, and she has the chili pepper. I have chili peppers. She's oh. got chili peppers because she's hot. <laughs> there you go, chili peppers. I have a colleague in the English department who um, was upset that he didn't have chili peppers and tried to put a chili pepper on himself. Did it oh work? God, that's I funny. don't know. That's sad. If you're watching, come on, man. At least give someone else extra credit. That's right. <laughs> you don't that's have to do right. It. You have 10 points here, never hurt anybody. <laughs> um, today's episode is brought to you by the webcomic Chronicles Limbo. Um, you can listen to the ad now. I am Josephine DeSalle, and most of my life I've been alone, trapped between the living and the dead, making my way through the multiverse until I found a home in limbo. I was content, except for the ever-present hunger for blood. And she came into my life, turned my carefully placed order into chaos. I can't imagine life any other way. 
and I will kill anyone who tries to take her away. Chronicles of Limbo is a science fantasy webcomic set in a world of lasers, magic, and monsters. Written by Scotty O. White with art by J.S. Walker. Discover more at chroniclesoflimbo.com. Um, the really interesting news about that to, that, that I can announce today. Um, the webcomic is now in German and Portuguese, and it's almost ready for Spanish. We've got Spanish translations, but we're still adding them to the Das is wunderbar! So I actually posted today previews of the German and the Portuguese pages. That's awesome. I'm excited! I am, because I have friends in Germany I can, like, you know, market this to now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they all speak English, so it's okay. It works. <laughs> um, uh, before we get into the, the Buffy stuff, I do want to cover a couple of things that... Um, that have happened in the in the past few days in pop culture. First of all, uh, this is a message to Warner Brothers. <clears throat> Hi, I know you're watching Warner Brothers. Look, I love Keanu Reeves. He's amazing. He's a good guy. I love The Matrix. We don't need a Matrix reboot. Oh. We don't. Don't fix it because it's not broken. Well, it's terrible. broken. Just but ignore don't. the other two movies. I mean, don't. <laughs> I mean, the first one is great, but yeah, yeah, it's don't. amazing. And then the, there's. Other two terrible, terrible films. Don't. And you, and you can't recast Neo. Don't. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Do not want. Did you, did you like The Matrix? I did. I did like the first one. Um, and he's got that fantastic hero's journey going on. And then the second one with the dip into the French philosophy. And then the third one, I think, was just, you know, make a buck. I, I agree. Also, also because, you know, you know, they like to be pretentious and talk about such things as like, oh, yeah, we had planned all three out for, you know, way, way early in the series. No, they didn't. They're not connected. They're no, they're <laughs> not planned. They're, they're not, not well planned. thought they were like, oh, they made, this made a lot of money. We need a, a kind of philosophy yeah. for these next two. The what first we got? one was great. They made a lot of money, and they're like, ooh, how can we make more money? Yeah, if one makes a nickel, you can rest assured that 50 will come. Right. Uh, so I, I love The Matrix. It's a great film. I, I watch it every now and then. I don't need a reboot. I, I don't. No. It's you know, it's it's twenty years and what in two years, right? So it's, it's it yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> look at that! Look at that! <laughs> Anne just made this face. <laughs> hey, I just I just recovered from Scream turning twenty last. Oh, oh, oh that's, see, oh, look at it that. isn't so. Yeah. Look at that. These movies seem like they were yesterday to me. I mean, that is bizarre. <laughs> Tell us more, Grandma. <laughs> oh, don't that, don't that, make me say ugly things live yeah, on I mean, Facebook. That was such a grandma's day. Oh, back in my day. We All I can say is you can edit a podcast. You can't edit Facebook. Don't I, make me say it. I, I, I wouldn't. When, I mean, I had a freshman last year who were born in 1998. Uh, so they weren't even born when the first Scream movie came out, when The Matrix came out. Well, okay, that was spring of '99. Sorry, but wow. they were very, very tiny. They were very tiny at the uh, the the beginning of the uh, the Phantom Menace. Uh. That was a year later, so next. Oh wow, look at these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor precious babies. I know. I poor know. precious babies. But seriously, uh, Warner Brothers, if you're watching, um, and I know you you do. All, all the brothers, all, all of the many all Warner Brothers. All of you Warner Brother people. And if there's Warner Sisters, we, we'll take, well, <laughs> listen. Um, no, do not want. We don't want it. The other thing I do not want is, um, and I, I didn't catch the studio who was making it, and the last studio I made it was Fox. So I'm just going to assume this is Fox. We don't need a Fly reboot. <laughs> oh, 
I saw oh, that. We do not. We've that. had several. But see, now wait a minute. And, and, and I also do not want a fly reboot. But you're talking about you don't want reboots of movies that have been remade. Yet you went to go see Kong, which has been no, rebooted no, no, I'm, a gazillion I'm times. I'm okay with that. No, Why is that okay? Because it's Kong. You can get a... No. There's not been a perfect... <laughs> look, the, the, the perfect Kong movie was, what, 33? Yeah. The first one, King Kong, is, right. is a great film. It's it's fun to watch. The, the, the rest of them, not so much. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you, didn't, you didn't like Jessica Lange in the 76? Or, or um, what, what was it? Um, I love Jessica Lange. And, uh, oh, they, climbed, they climbed the... Uh, Jeff Bridges is in that, too, isn't he? Yes, and he climbed and he's the... The World Trade yes. Center. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to think. And then they made a sequel to that 10 years later, almost 10 years later. They did uh, uh, Kong Lives. <sighs> and that uh, See, I, I grew up with the 76 version because uh, I remember watching that. Of course, I've seen the original later, but I remember... Linda Hamilton's in King Kong Lives. That's who I was trying to think. Okay, Because my problem bad. with Linda Hamilton, who I love, is that when I think of a Linda Hamilton movie or I want to make a reference, the first thing that comes to my mind is to call her Sarah Connor. Yeah. My so mom like, says we're looking good, by the way, tonight. Oh, good. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. <laughs> now, didn't Universal take the Kong ride out, at least in Florida? I think they're revamping it. Yeah, I think he was looking pretty old. Yeah, he's been there. Wait, for a now while. the Kong ride at Universal Studios, Florida, yeah. has not been there in years. I I used to go all the time. They also took the Jaws the ride. Jaws, oh. Yeah, I knew they yeah. took Jaws out. They took Jaws, and that's now. I I want to say they took that out, and part of Diagon Alley is in that area. I might be wrong. I haven't though. been to I, Universal been in such a long time. I can't remember what they put there, but it, it had it had to be taken out. But I digress. Let me get back to the fly here. <laughs> the fly was gr- the fly freaks me out oh, anyway. The fly's a great movie. It's it's, it's David Cronenberg's body horror oh. opus. I mean it, he was like the fly is great and so is Metamorphosis. Let's make that a movie. I mean literally it's his version of Metamorphosis and it's f- g- disgusting and it's gross. Horrifying. The Jeff Goldblum so fly was nasty. Oh, it's great. It was just plain nasty. Yeah. So in in the horror literature and film class, I have students do uh, fifty minute presentations on directors. So we have Hitchcock, we have Corman, Cronenberg is one of them. Mm-hmm. So I asked the students to give. Um, biography, but also sample clips. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you must have a clip from The Fly, and they almost always choose the barfing on the hand scene. Yeah, always. Like, and then I have to watch it. It's so and gross. And one time it was on my birthday. I'm like, oh, happy, <laughs> happy birthday, birthday me. <laughs> I get to watch <laughs> Jeff Goldblum puking. On donuts. Right. Right. I mean, it is just nasty. We'll talk about that scene real quick. Um, since I have two uh, lovely ladies with me. Okay. So... Put yourself in Gina Davis's shoes. You've He's n- got to die. <laughs> you've not seen, you've not seen this man in a couple of weeks. You walk, his house is trashed. He he's all horrifying, disgusting. He vomits on a donut. <laughs> then his ear falls off, and the next thing that she does is hugs him. What kind of love is that? No. I mean, that's that's more love than I could ever feel for anybody. Right. Because I mean, my thing would be, I would walk in, see how he looked, and turn around and walk back out. I don't need I'd this. I'd be out. I'd be, I mean, I, I'm gone. Bye. Uh-huh. 
Plus, <laughs> imagine Jesus the smell. You, you know, people you aren't even thinking about the smells. Oh, yeah. That must be going on. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's a different level to this film I've not even thought about. And, and then she had the maggot baby. Oh. No, the, well, the no, dream. The dream of the maggot baby. Well, she had the she had the egg. The, the Was it the, the fly egg in the sequel, though? My mom loves the fly. I like she them used both. to love. No, that's great. I can't watch the Maggot Baby, though. Every time I've seen it, and I, I'll, I'll, I will do this. I'll close my eyes. I don't watch it. <laughs> or I'll leave watch the room it. so I don't hear it. Because <laughs> I, I, I used to think I could just skip it, but sometimes I just land straight on. And it doesn't look real, but the, my whole thought process goes like, she just had a maggot. <laughs> no. No. And see, today's children would look at that. Ew, you know, oh, those old effects. You know, they don't appreciate we do, the practical effects. We do oh, not need better effects of that because that is know. nasty. You I mean, don't need CGI. I don't, I don't need you it don't. to look any more realistic than what it looked and like I, back I, then. I'm not so sure, but you, I mean, you being an expert who's, who's teaching the next generation of horror fans, um, you know, the scene at the end where, where the, the interior fly is breaking out of Jeff Goldblum. The just watching the skin and stuff. I mean, practical, beautiful. It still is disgusting. I mean, still. I mean, I can't. But oh, wish that was CG. I don't know if that would happen. I don't know. I go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of them are a little jaded because it is you know, thirty years ago. And let that one sink in. Yes, it is thirty <laughs> years ago, and they're so used to today's contemporary effects and think people who are you know it's it's post saw post torture porn post cgi and so they're post rob zombies halloween reboot <laughs> don't, let's not talk um, about that so they're they're a little jaded with 30 years of envelope pushing with effects and just with the general kinds of gore scares so maybe the studio thinks well we need to refresh it so that a new generation with disposable income will come and watch this they turned it into an opera uh, a few years back are uh, you kidding me no no cronenberg and um mm. I, I wasn't prepared to talk about this so i cannot think of who the composer was um they they got together and they and they made uh, it was a combo of both the original Fly and Cronenberg's Fly, and but it ends like Cronenberg. They had you know great puppetry for the Fly effect, and, uh -huh. but it was all an opera. That's crazy. Ran in Canada and in L.A. and I'd love to have seen it. They need to bring it back. Well, and, and the original with Vincent Price is still a classic. That's oh, a, great a great movie. One. Now I I really enjoyed Help that me. one. I I found. And I'm very, I'm, I'm kind of desensitized. Gore does not bother me. I have issues with bugs. That's why the fly really, and the, and the uh, most recent version, version, the Jeff Goldblum version, was so disturbing to me because it was just way more realistic, buggy, than, than the original. So, um, but as a makeup artist, if you look at it, because I'm a makeup artist too, and so from that perspective, brilliant, brilliant makeup, brilliant special effects. You know, I don't ruin that with CGI. I think that, you know, it was that similar thinking with the thing. Mm -hmm. prequel reboot right. <laughs> that oh wow those effects from 82 haven't aged so well well maybe for the millennials but for gen xers it still holds up right uh, you know the the speaking of the also thing, a terrible film you can't i mean sometimes the original can be scarier than than the reboots i mean it's the 
um, not seeing everything, that you l let your own imagination kind of do the work for you. My mom tells a story about going to the um, theater to see the original Thing movie. She tells me, you know, has told me all the, all the time how creepy and scary it was and how, and that she had to walk home afterwards at night cross train tracks and whatever to get home and how horrifying it was. So it, my mom had the same stories about the 1931 Dracula when it was re-released mm -hmm. in the 1940s and she was a kid walking home from the theater at yeah. night scared to death that Dracula right. was going to pop out and get her. Right. So I, I, I love this conversation and I want to continue with this for a little bit longer but so what what are your favorites, then? So you were talking about some talking about classic horror movies. Yeah, any, yeah, any kind. What, what scares you? What are, those, what are the movies that still scare you oh, today? Because um, you were you were mentioning that you know sometimes the originals are, are better. For me, on the remake side, um, Halloween. The first the, the, mm -hmm. is still. I still get kind of you know that 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 tightness in your your stomach and right. your heart a little pounding for for just because he's just there. He's not doing much, but he is just. There, that's uh, creepy. And watching where he is in the frame, you, um, not until the very end. You, um, mm. Carpenter sets it up with big establishing mm. shots, those wide shots of the street with the leaves blowing, right. and you know the Jamie Lee Curtis and the little boy walking down the street, right. and then with her friends, those really wide daytime shots. Then by the time you get to the end of the movie. Um, where you see her in the closet with Michael Myers. Everything is really tight, either close-ups or right. two-button shots. But if you watch throughout the film, watch where Michael Myers is in the frame. You never see his face. Maybe you see his mm. shoulder or his back or the back of his head. And you don't really see his face in close-up right. you know, until the end of the movie. Right. So what you know, John Carpenter could do with a $300,000 budget in 1977, 78 was amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, for me, um, I'm... Uh, of course, gore does not bother me. So um, things that scare me are the old, you know, like um, anything with ghosts or possession, like the entity, Amityville Horror, um, Exorcist, those old movies terrify me because there's always, in my mind, you know, that, that almost element of... of Realism. It's like maybe it could, because I kind of believe in ghosts, which we've had this discussion. <laughs> you we've had this talk. I do. I believe in demon possession. <laughs> listen, ghosts, listen to I'm the podcast. Uh, the so, National, you know, yeah. podcast day episode. So I grew. Up, I mean, I believe <clears> in that. So for me, that 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 almost realism aspect of it, even though it's very much Hollywooded out, but still, that's what terrifies me. I think one of the, the elements that in the exorcist that works, especially for me, is the sense of hopelessness in that film. Mm -hmm. You feel bad for the mother who's watching her daughter, and there's nothing that, I mean, outside of, I mean, you watch her literally go through all the all the the gambit of trying to, to help her daughter, and there there's nothing, and then she has to go right. to two priests who honestly really don't really believe her until they get there. Throughout, yeah, throughout the decades, you know, I was I was very tiny. 
when The Exorcist was first released. And just hearing it when my parents would watch it on TV, you know, when we had three networks and <laughs> one of them was showing The Exorcist. And I was terrified up in my bedroom listening to this down the hall in the living room. I'm like, this is not right. And of course, it was edited for television. Right. But it just, the, I just knew it was wrong, and I was terrified. Then when I was a teenager, it's yeah. a rite of passage. Wow, you can watch The Exorcist. I watched it as and, a child. And you, <laughs> you can go through this. And now that I am a parent of a teenage mm. daughter, I really do identify much more with Ellen Bernstein's character. Right. You know, that I'm, I'm the one walking down the street in the sunglasses and the schmata. somebody help my daughter. Right. Because it's not about the devil, it's about teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and teenage girls saying, uh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not the devil, that's teenage girls. So, so have you watched it I, I mean, your your daughter's fifteen. So, have you watched it since since she's oh been a yes, so we have. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I think one summer or two summers ago, we had a rainy day when the sun was not sunny, so we could still have lots of fun. That was right. funny, and we watched The Exorcist. But we had. Um, what if Samuel L. Jackson were <laughs> the um, were the exorcist? Well, it was he a priest. was conducting the exorcism <laughs> instead of Max von Sydow. <laughs> you so demon, you get your mm, <laughs> yes out of that mm, girl. <laughs> and was like, ah, oh, damn, you broke my door. You know, ah, you puked all over me. There's a lot of M S. That's pretty good. It reminds <laughs> me though. Uh, I want to remake that it now. Bit in, on SNL back in yes. the years. Get, yes. You know, you know, get, you, know, it, you know, the bed lifts up and gets on his foot and get. The, Get the and bed off my foot. Get the what Somebody is terribly trying to get your attention. I'm sorry. Steven I, Lanza. Who, I, Scotty does not have his phone with him, so it's my responsibility <coughs> to relay messages. Hey, hey Steven. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, my phone died yesterday, and <laughs> so uh, I have a new one coming tomorrow. So she's. Sorry, uh, I was in conversation. But what? <laughs> That. What scares my daughter about it, though, is not the demon possession. It's the invasive medical procedures. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She has to get the spinal taps oh. and all of that and the central That's line awful. and that. And, yes, as a parent, I look at that, and that's scarier to me because, like you said, the realism mm -hmm. that Friedkin brings to it. Oh, yeah. You know, taking it seriously, it's not camp. It's played very seriously. Mm -hmm. And when I watch Linda Blair going through these procedures, that bothers me more than the devil. So one of my favorite horror films that scares me to this day is, uh, I think it's either 79 or 80, but it's a George C. E. Scott film called The Changeling. Changeling. I don't know if I've ever seen that. The little ball. Oh! <laughs> it's a movie. It's a ghost story. It's, and you'd love it. So I it's probably a, yeah, would it's a, if it's, it's a ghost, ghost story. story. And um, it's a movie that uses nothing but sound and camera shots. Oh, that's awesome. No gore, no ghost, no, none of, no nothing. Just... and. We're going to spoil a 40-year-old movie's <laughs> greatest thing. It's about a... Uh, Rosebud is a sled. Right. So, <laughs> so um, George C. Scott's family was killed in a, in a terrible accident. So he's, he, he's, a music, he's, a college, he's a music professor, and he's a composer, and he's running this mm -hmm. house you know, while he's mourning. And uh, the house um, has a ghost of a dead child in it. And he finds uh, his daughter had a rubber ball. Mm -hmm. And he finds it laying about one day, and picks it up, and he, he he puts it away, and then he comes back in the room, and it starts rolling down the stairs. Oh, that's awesome! And then he, of course, he's like, "Well, that's peculiar," because that's what they do. <laughs> and he picks it up and he puts it away, and it comes rolling down the stairs. 
He does it once, two or three times. And then the, the last time he picks up, takes it to the car, drives, throws it off a bridge in the river, comes back. It's it's wet. R- Scary. I mean, just all, and it's just bump, creepy. Bump, 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 roll. <laughs> One of my favorite films. I, and, you know, as much as I am terrified of like ghost stories, I love to be scared. I, I want to go stay in every haunted place I find. Like, my mother and I have talked about just finding haunted houses and spending the night in them. Hey, can I come over? <laughs> it'd be awesome. I heard your house is haunted. Can I come over? And one over? of these days, my husband's going to take me to the Myrtles. I keep begging him. But he doesn't believe in ghosts, so he's what like, whatever. Myrtles? It is the, one of the most haunted plantations in the United States. Ooh. Or m- most haunted places in the United States. But I know. All right. I'll, I'll let you bring a recorder so you can get, you know. Don't you want to don't don't you want to go? We'll go do live thing. Sure, because <laughs> ghosts ain't real. <laughs> yes, they are. I'll have a mic for them. They can talk along. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And what if you hear something? That's okay if they'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> to the point. Don't remake the Matrix. Don't remake the Fly. Yeah, just don't. Don't. Uh, it is the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Um, how did you ladies find Buffy? How did we find Buffy? Right. Were you there at the beginning? or I, I will confess, no, I was not. In the 90s, I had only a certain amount of time. I was in grad school, so I only had a certain amount of time for my genre shows. Um, I had just gotten over the cancellation of Forever Night. Oh, I love, oh my God, that was my favorite so show. So many Canadian Forever car- Night was amazing. Canadian carpetbaggers, yeah. you know, where the production costs were so <sighs> cheap, and all of those syndicated shows coming Excellent out of show. Canada. Um, Highlander, all of oh, that. Oh, I love Highlander. Yes, there can be only yes, one. Yes, But I, I felt like I just didn't have the actual time because of my studies, but the emotional time to invest in another show. On a network, you wouldn't sure that was going to last very long. <laughs> Until one of my friends had a party for the season finale of season two. Okay. So I watched that with a bunch of people, and I, I just looked at that. I'm like, wow. They just killed off, well, she just killed off her boyfriend. She's kicked out of her house. She's been expelled from school. And they're, they, Joss Whedon, they are really taking a big chance with this character and with this show. And so from that point on, I mean, I was watching it in summer reruns because there was no Netflix online on demand. Oh, yeah, that was watching, awful. You know, and, and some of my friends had a few episodes taped on the VCR. Right. You know, back in the ancient days, it was 20 <laughs> years ago. But I did manage to catch up and uh, watched it through the series finale. And for me, I watched it from the beginning because I that's it, it was one of those shows that I sought after anything that was fantasy and horror and, and whatever, because I also watched Forever Night and Highlander. I was addicted to Hercules and Xena. And I mean, any of those anything that was not normal, you know, anything fantasy like is what I really enjoyed. So, yeah, I, I was there from the very beginning. For Loved me, it. it was I had a twofold love and uh, fall into it. The first time I was working at a card shop uh, for from Mobile, I worked at Ground Zero Cards, Games, and Comics, and uh, there was um, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer card game. 
and uh, as being part of my duties at that store, I had to learn how to play everything so I could teach people. And mm-hmm. so I learned how to play Buffy. And there was a, a group that would come in to play four or five, a couple couples that would come and play. So I played with them. And it was, and it was a fun game, but I had no idea what, like any of you know, the characters or whoever. And then there was a set that came out that was for uh, the episode The Wish. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need to see what this is about. So they, they had taped The Wish. And so I, uh, that, so I had seen that. A time passes a couple of years later. I'd forgotten about it. I hadn't seen any other episode. And I'm in Massachusetts and uh, working, and I end up um, killing some time and going to see a little movie that I had never heard of called Serenity. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, lo- it was like, oh, look, it's a space thing, and I'll watch a space thing. That's pretty much how mm-hmm. it was. Saw it, loved it, was introduced to Firefly. From- so I watched Firefly backwards. Like, <laughs> the movie, then the show. I did, too. And so... Fell in love with that. And then uh, a friend of mine who was like, all right, if you like Firefly, watch Buffy. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Can't do No. That's girls. <laughs> Buffy's for girls. Girl, Buffy's for girls. I don't want to know. Since when did that stop you, Scotty White? That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, and so I watched it, and I will don't kill me, but I did suffer through the first season. The first season's rough. Oh, the first season is terrible. I don't, <sighs> I don't think anything on my list came from the first season <laughs> because it is it is very very high school no, I, I like I, we'll get, I, I have one i have one episode from the first season in it but on my list I, but um, i do not and it's it's a monster of the week season right we're trying oh. to find the footing of what they were going to do ridiculous right. episode about the cheerleader you know, coming, well and coming and I, off of the movie and i hated the movie i absolutely hated the movie so it's saw it in the theater right so well i did too because you know but i hated it and and I almost didn't watch the series because of it. And even though even though the first season is so campy, it is still so much better than the movie to me. The Buffy character in the movie is just, I, I want to punch her in the throat. I really do. Sorry, Chris, Christy Swanson, if you're, I mean, li- li- no, if you're listening, uh, we're watching out there. Not uh, the actress, but the character, because she's so she is she's everything that I hated in girls in high school. You know, that... Which is, I think, Joss Whedon's point. Right, right, absolutely. But it was so hard for me to get into that because it's like, oh, please, somebody kill and her. And two-time just Oscar winner Hillary Swank. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. It's been a while since I've seen the the uh, original movie. In fact, like I remember oh, it's when the, the show was coming, out, I kept going, is isn't there a movie? I'm like, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, so bad. So and then bad. also, and then it took me like way longer to realize that they were both Josh Whedon, and so <laughs> I was like. <laughs> oh, Josh. <laughs> just, so. But it's what the filmmakers did with it. Oh, yeah. You know, the Kazooies, what they did. He had mm-hmm. a script, and then when they took it and they produced the movie, I don't think that's what Joss oh, had in no, mind. No. No. They were like, this is really campy. We can make I mean, I'm thankful for the movie because it <laughs> gave us the series, but mm, it's hard to watch for me. So I had an assignment for, for, for uh, everybody here to, to kind of pick their – 10 favorite episodes out of the 144 right. 144 episodes which was not easy well, yeah you know i thought it wasn't going to be and i got i it was pretty easy to get to at least nine and then i struggled on the 10th one because there are a lot of good episodes but i was like you know what are the yeah. ones that i could easily watch I, here's my criteria was this for, for me personally was right. episodes that i could watch without having to watch like six episodes yeah, you know, right. I, I have to watch all like uh, there's great story arcs, but within that, are there you know what are the great episodes in the story arcs? So, uh, who's no, first? I don't know. Uh, ladies, y'all fight for it. <laughs> we'll let our guests go first. Uh, your sure. your ten top episodes. 
We'll just we'll start. We'll just do one at a time, I guess. We'll, um, so I'm we trying to think of the ones I've watched the most. Um, mm. Well, I think yeah, you um, sent a link to the Vox. Yeah, the Vo- yeah list. the Vox listed all 144 and and what they thought their order was, and I didn't agree with all of it. Yeah, I didn't even look at that. That's what I sent it to you. I know, but I guess I just didn't. Because I guess I spaced like, it be- because I'm list- picking my own. List- well. Listicles are great for debate. Of course, because nobody will ever agree. Oh yeah, I sent it to you for reference though, because I was like, I need to let's talk about our f- ten favorite episodes. Here's hundred and four. Here's all of them. I I <laughs> wonder and if the, any of my episodes made it on their list. Oh, the Fox, <laughs> I'm the sure. Fox list had the classics. Their number one was once more. North with oh well, that's my number one. I love that one. It's very um. Be, oh, let's start the with theaters, let's like. start with that. So her I don't know if mine are in order though, uh, but that's got to be my favorite. I know what my favorite one is, and so the rest of them are not in order. This is yeah. Content, but I know what my favorite is. All right. So yeah, that, it would be in in my top ten. All right, right. Let's let's go. Let's start with because I that. I should we start with ten? I, I can't I can't say handled. Because I was not his management or <laughs> repping for the con, but Mobicon had Nicholas Brendan as a guest in 2015, huh. and I moderated his panels. Oh wow! And it was during one of his rough patches with his <laughs> hotel episodes and and whatnot. You saw all about it on the net. Um, so I won't go into. If not, Google it. <laughs> I need to go, Google it. I won't go into a lot of detail, but trying to moderate his panels was interesting, and it took a lot of tools that I had in my rhetorical toolbox to try to keep <laughs> him on track and not talking about. Was he loaded? Just completely loaded for the he, panels. He was. Just go ahead, tell us. He, it's all on the net anyway. <laughs> he he was going through it. Let's just say he was going <laughs> through it. We've all had those rough patches. <laughs> um, but uh, the Friday afternoon one was a little rough. But fortunately, by Saturday, things had cleared up a little bit, and he was more focused. I personally didn't have any bad interaction with him. At one point, he was really struggling, talking about how he was going to offer himself to the mountain lion in Griffith Park so that, because there was a drought so that the mountain lion could eat and could drink his blood for, for you know, liquid <laughs> nourishment. And I just reached across. That's what a hug gave me. But like, and I, I said, may I hold your hand for a little bit? You know, so I just kind of wanted to keep him from spinning away. But the Saturday panel, wow. the Saturday panel was a lot more focused, and it was a good thing because we had more children. That's there. And he was going through it, and we were talking about. You know, somebody in the audience asked about once more with feeling, and he really liked that episode, and he started singing. Oh Jesus! And. And he was singing on key. Oh, that's and it was good. Great. He actually had it out of everybody on that. There, you know, most most everybody could sing. There were a few that sang really well, and then poor Allison Hannigan cannot Who said sing. No. She cannot well, sing. She knew that. I mean, she went in. Right. There she went in saying, "I cannot." No. And, and so and Sarah Michelle Geller also didn't want to sing. But then she saw the lyrics, and she saw that the lyrics were advancing the storyline right. and the character development. I mean, she said, she's not okay. a strong singer, but she, I think she did fine for what it was. She's it, not, I mean, she's not going to be on Broadway anytime okay. soon, I but I think she did okay. I don't need my Slayer to be on Broadway. <laughs> However, Anthony Michael Head's got a fantastic voice. 
Yes. I mean, I was yes. really impressed. Well, That's well, the first his, time I ever heard him sing. Well, with his Frankenfurter. Yeah, you know, well, of he course. Did I know that, but I was just, that's the first time I actually heard him sing. I gotta, I, I'm sorry, I now need a, I need a t shirt that says, I, need, I, I don't want my Slayer on Broadway. That's all I can think of. I don't want my Slayer <laughs> on Broadway. But when, when Nicholas Brendan started singing from I'll Never Tell, yeah, I love that song. He started singing. I'll Never Tell. And <laughs> I just could not help myself. I'm terrified to sing in public. I'm not a bad singer, but I don't. I don't want to sing in public. You just had to jump but in. But I started doing the Anya lines, right. and we did it. We did the song. If anyone out there has a recording of this panel, I somebody would up try at, to see it. Somebody I up would in love Huntsville to see it too. has this yes. on her cell phone. I must oh, must I've see never, this. I've never seen it. And well, must we got to track the Huntsville lady out. <laughs> yes, and then I squeed like a fangirl. I would have. You would have, yeah. Ah, that's awesome. All right, let's get back to our top ten. All right, so. Um, so how are we going to do this? How? Because wow. mine are not necessarily in order. Let's, let's, throw, let's throw out some random yeah. episodes. Okay. Let's just throw so out some we episodes. We covered once more with feeling. Um, we, 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 the one I have for number two is Hush. One of my favorite episodes ever. That was the silent episode, after, season two. After or season four. Well, it is season four, episode season, ten. Season four. <laughs> Look with at her notes. <laughs> after Joss Whedon yeah. had been praised so much for, well, I don't usually like this kind of stuff, but the writing on the show is fantastic. So in his semi-petulant way said, well, then I'm going to write an episode with no dialogue and you're going to see how wonderful my show still is. One of my all, I mean, it is so super creepy. These, uh, Of course, everyone in Sunnydale is affected by some sort of spell. They lose their voices. So um, these, these demons, creatures or whatever are stealing hearts from people. And it, the music... It's the the gentleman, it right? Is, yeah, it is just so very creepy, and and the um, cinematography, the music, everything is just fantastic. Love that episode. Uh, uh, I've seen it. I don't. I, I know it, but it's like it didn't make my list. <laughs> uh, it's it's like one of my top favorites. Yeah, one that actually gave to use Buffy parlance, it gave my husband the Wiggins. Right, and my, exactly. And my my spouse is one of those kind of semi sports like guys, kind of like my husband probably, but who watched Buffy because yeah. of the writing. Oh, that's awesome! Though. And this one gave him the Wiggins. Yeah. And my my child just last week had to do a theater project where she had to be silent for twenty four hours. And she was walking around every few minutes or so, like Buffy. <laughs> with it. There are some parents out there going, "I got to find that program." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we get emails. Where, where She's can I like, get our? Well, you know, if if Buffy can do it, I can do it, and just went around with Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my number three is villains. That happened season six, six. episode twenty. This to me was. Um, when when Willow has completely changed, I mean, her out of all the characters, out of all the Scoobs, I think her character grew the most. She started off this cutesy little innocent, you know, kid, and at this episode, she switches and she is the most evil, dangerous thing that they probably have ever encountered. She flips her switch. Tara has died. She has completely, 
you know, gone cold, you know, cold hearted, everything. She goes hills Buffy and then she tracks Warren down and that's where she flays him. And the fantastic callback to Doppelgangland right before she flays right. Warren and she says, Bored now. Yeah, bored now. So that great yes. callback to Doppelgangland. It was great. It was great. I mean, I got, I've got goosebumps <laughs> like literally does. talking about it because... I loved Evil Willow. Yeah, Evil Willow was great. Dark I Willow loved her. But what I loved about her is is I can really appreciate how her character really developed throughout the seasons and the things that she struggled with because she had a lot of power. And there's like trying to balance that. And that's when she like completely lost that balance. For good reason. And I probably would have lost it too. And it, That's an interesting season two, six with... With the trio and your and, and especially in the early episodes, you're like, really, this is our big bad, the the trio, and it's and it's this whole big setup, but it's right. amazing because you know you know season six is the the season that shouldn't have happened, and so you know because you know it was supposed to cancel after five, it was supposed to end at five, and it ends at five, it ends beautifully, and then but our ongoing theme of if it makes a nickel, <laughs> they switch right. networks, right? But but in this instance, I think it worked because oh, season six okay. and seven are my favorite seasons. I mean, I really like I all really the like dark. Under, I like the dark undertones that that really developed. And I what like I like about the trio is these are real people. This is not demons. This is not, you know, these are real people. It's re- it's real threats like terrorists, you know. Right, right. So it's kind of cool. I like the realism. It was so. uh, Warren, Jonathan, and. Oh, what was Andrew. 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 And nobody could ever remember his name. Right. <laughs> Bless his because heart. Because he was the brother of the guy who let the hellhounds loose right. at right. prom. Right. Or that was his plan. Right. Right, right. All right. Now, for me, number four, School Hard. First appearance is Spike and Drusilla. Oh, I love Drusilla. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I am in love. I was in love with Spike, James Marsters. Oh, my God. Still in love with him. She was him. sad that he couldn't make it I, I was more than sad. There was a lot of emotion going on there. Um, I, I have followed him throughout Buffy, after Buffy. Yeah, first appearance of Spike definitely makes my list. Yeah, I was a Spuffy shipper. Yes, yes, you got to yeah. do the Spuffy. I mean, you know, Angel and Buffy. They <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, it is. They Buffy's a thing. They are the they are the classic love story. Oh. So that one two combo of her birthday. Yeah, and yeah. the epi- um, innocence. Oh, that's on you my know, list. So we'll talk about so, that. So is there a that's on my list. There's a spuffy, yes. Is there a banjo? That one and yes, yes, there is. <laughs> I may have I may have several of but those on my list. What you're about to say because so I have I have some. Uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I did also like. I mean, I liked every season for different reasons. Mm. I liked season six because I'm a spuffy shipper. Yes, I just me too. Did. I thought it was hot. I mean, there's just something very like. Primal. Oh, it was terribly abusive. It was. To, it was. To each but, other. It was <laughs> it, but it was primal. It was like pure, primal adrenaline sex, you know. And it to me. Welcome that's, to the weekly podcast episode sixty nine. These are the sixty nine. Well, talking about spuffy <laughs> sex. 
I like spuffy sex. Spuffy is my next shirt. <laughs> Riley or even Oh, I hated Xander. Riley. But Riley is the, the good, responsible boy with whom you're supposed to have a relationship. No, I hated Riley. Riley was Angel, a waste of writing. Angel and Spike were the emotionally masochistic. These are the boys you're not supposed to be with. Right, but even so, Angel... I, I never liked Angel. I loved Angelus. Never liked Angel. Because to me, Angel is ve- was very, um, I'm trying to think of a PG way to say, uh, he's right. a pansy, for lack of another P I word. Know, he he and a lot of weight on that soul. It doesn't matter, man. I have a soul, apparently, supposedly, and I don't act like that. Yeah, but, you, <laughs> but, you, but, but you're not a demon with a soul. That's, that's, what, that's what I like about the vampires, because they're not vampires. Or, but I just, just don't other like those demons. overly, he, had to, he has to be in a can, he has to be a cancer, because he is overly emotional. <laughs> That's all I can say, and I'm just not down with that. <laughs> well, I think, well, I've, I'm going out of the Buffy canon, but yeah. I think my favorite Spike episode was um, Smile Time on Angel. Yeah, I love Spike You're on Angel. You're a bloody puppet. Right, right. <laughs> I love that one. I'd forgotten about Puppet Angel. <laughs> <sighs> all right, number five, Fool for Love. Oh, yeah. Season five, episode seven. So this is um, the episode where you have the flashback of Spike's origin, origin story. story and everything where, where he's this pathetic um, William Pratt was his name. And he was a poet, a horrible poet who was in love with this woman. Um, and basically she told him that he was beneath her. So and you have was. that. You have that whole thing. Then it goes back to present day. Buffy is trying to figure out how because she's she's gotten stabbed by an by an average run of the mill vampire. So she wants to know what's going wrong. What's this? You know why has she lost a step in her game? So she's she pays Spike to um, tell her how he killed the other two slayers. So, he, you know, he starts telling the stories and whatever. Um, and basically, he, you know, long story short, he, get, he, he basically tells her, eventually, all Slayers have a death wish. You want to die. You want to lose. And, um, and then he, you can tell that he, you know, wants to go in for that kiss, and he wants to, you know, put the moves on her. And she looks at him and tells him, you are beneath me. Which really hit him hard. Oh yeah! But the beautiful thing—the beautiful <laughs> thing about their relationship—and this really kind of, in my mind, started their kind of—it's—it started that relationship. You know, the the spuffy relationship is when she went home that evening. She found out that her mother has to go back into the hospital for more testing, and it's not looking good. And so she's like out on her porch and she's upset and she's you know crying and spike has his shotgun and he you know and he means to use it on her and when he sees her puts the gun down sits beside her puts his arm around her doesn't say anything and she just lets him kind of hold her and it was just like so touching to me it's like they they have this chemistry between the two of them 
you know, and it's it was fantastic. Love that episode. And he did it without a soul. Without a soul. That was without a soul, yes. Because he didn't get a soul back until like seven. Right. Yes. But I read it I read an article where James Marsters always, always played Spike as if he had a soul. So and then you get the call back to that with in part with mm. that season seven conceit of the first and it being underground and from beneath you it right. devours. Yes. So when Spike says it, you know, and when he is mm-hmm. having his mental state, his reinsolment, all of his his mental issues right. after that, trying to come to terms with it, and you know, from beneath you it devours. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. I'm sensing a Spike theme. Oh, she loves there Spike. Is. Oh, a spike she theme. loves Spike. She, oh, that's her thing. <laughs> so. All right, season six, um, Becoming, specifically part two. That's the one where Buffy kills Angel. Oh, yeah, the season finale of yeah, season two. It is. Um, I enjoyed it. First, <laughs> first episode. <laughs> first episode. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the first With week. Armin Shimmerman as the principal. Yes. Quark. Quark is the principal. <laughs> Quark. But what I really enjoyed about that is um, the emotion that came from that. Very last, I mean, there's a lot that's gone on. I mean, and Jealous has killed Giles' girlfriend, and he's tormented Buffy, and he's held Giles, tortured Giles, and he's, I mean, there's just all this other horrible stuff that's gone on. Um, so... All the while, you know, here's Willow. She's been in the hospital in a coma. And she wakes up from the coma. And still, at the very end, at the very end, they are still trying to restore his soul, trying to save him instead of kill him. Right. And um, basically, there's this portal that's opening up. And the only way to close the portal is to put him through it. And at the very last moment, as the portal is opening up, Willow finishes the spell. Angel gets or gets his soul back. He's very confused. You know, Buffy knows that, you know, he's gotten his soul back. They embrace. It was just so sad. And then she just, you know, kills him. Cue the Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. It was like, oh, wow. I don't even like Angel. And I was sad. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> It was, yeah, that's rough. That is rough. And Cordelia, well, you know, she has to come back. We still have school. You know, there's still school. That's right. Oh, yeah, because Buffy just leaves. She skips town after that. Mm-hmm. Well, her mother had kicked her out. Right, kicked her out. If you but don't that's do this, you, you can't come back. Right. You know, you, you know don't come back. Well, basically, is that yeah. Where she, is that? It's when she well, goes because the waitress. With the waitress. Which, it was a good episode, though. It so. was. It was. Hey, um, let me see your phone because... Um, my list is in your messages, and I can't remember, and I can't get my phone, so, so keep talking. All right, <laughs> so um, my seventh favorite is Smashed, season six, episode nine. <laughs> the sex episode. Yes. 
<laughs> I love you because you know. You know. Yes, I do have a theme, don't I? <laughs> Episode 69, we're about to talk about Buffy and Spike sex. Uh, uh, real quick. I just, <laughs> You're building, smashing sex scene. It's awesome. I, I, I now realize how often I text you. <laughs> you didn't text me. That was in a Facebook message. Yeah, no, no, I'm seriously. I'm going to know how much. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Come With the very loud sound effect of the zipper being unzipped. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> there's more, there is more going on in this episode than just the, their sex, which I thought was fantastic. Um, Willow is just coming off of her girlfriend being killed and she um turns amy from a rat back into amy during this episode which i don't how many seasons has amy been a rat at this point since season three right (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's kept rats don't even live that long this is crazy because she was going to go to the prom with larry or she was hoping to go to the prom with larry and she finds out well one larry's gay right right larry's dead there you go so, you know, Willow and Amy are now partying it up li- at the bronze magic style. They are just, like, changing everything and letting loose and being stupid. Bronze Crazy also the greatest stuff. underage club ever. Yeah. <laughs> so you got that going on. And, and Chibo Motto <laughs> and Amy Mann. I think, is Amy Mann playing? No, Amy Mann is playing one of the episodes in season seven. Right. Because right. she's like, that's something I hate about playing vampire towns. <laughs> right. Like right. the grandpa and Lost Boys. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, what I like about Smashed is uh, up until this time point, um, Spike has had a a chip in his head that has um, uh, prevented him from harming humans. That happened during the Riley period. Yeah, season four, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. I call it the Riley, the dark age. I don't like season four, Riley. so I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, of course, he and Buffy are having an argument and because um, they've had a couple of kisses and they're fighting about it because Buffy doesn't want to have anything to do with him, blah, blah, blah. She punches him and he just punches her back and the chip doesn't activate so he's like okay goes and checks it out it's still working he comes back and basically this is the episode where you find out that something's not quite right with Buffy since she has come back from the dead she died again and they brought her back from the dead and Spike has figured out that she's not completely human so you know and he tells her this which leads into more fighting which leads in the most epic sex ever it was fantastic i'm talking about they fell through a floor up against the wall things smashing for those who who are listening to this podcast you should see stephanie's face (laughs) light up it's it was brilliant well and it's and at that point you know, Buffy hates herself. She doesn't want, she hasn't revealed yet, like she doesn't want more right. feeling that she was in heaven. She wasn't in some hell dimension and they didn't rescue her from hell, that she was in heaven. Right. And Which is her big reveal that she sings. And once more with, with feeling, yeah. So it, she had that, you know, much discussed by the critics and the fans, that emotionally sadomasochistic and physically abusive relationship with Spike which, again, I'm a Spuffy shipper. 
I love what has happened in the comics. I don't know if you read the Dark Horse comics. I've, I've read some of them. Because now in season 11, she is having a mature adult relationship with Spike. Oh, I haven't gotten Go that Go read far. them now. Why didn't you tell me about this, Scotty White? I had stopped. I, I think I finished season nine. Uh, oh. So Maybe a little bit oh, of 10. Oh, yes. The Twilight stuff. I, I, read all I that. feel a purchase coming on. Because Dawn was a giant. Comic, wow. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and get the graphic novels. Because and Dawn, and, yes. uh, Dawn and Xander are together, which because, is kind of weird. Yeah. Wow. Well, season, because what? the comics. Yeah. That disturbs me. That, that I can't do that. No. <laughs> well, you're going to have to. It's in season nine. Yeah. Season, seasons eight and nine dealt with Buffy and Angel having some kind of cosmic space sex, and it was really weird. But now, finally, in the comics, she's having an adult relationship. See, I think that's Spike. awesome. Which is about time she needs an adult relationship. All right. This one was on your list, I believe. Sure. Um, <laughs> lies my parents told okay, me. I like, oh, yeah. I like that one. The, yeah. the, other, the other Spike origin story. That gave me the creeps. Oh, my. So it, you really feel, I really felt bad for Spike. And I'm talking about, like, I went in my mind, I went all the way to the beginning where he was this horrible jerk, bad vampire. And I felt bad for him because he his mother was horrible, horrible, oh, a terrible horrible yeah. woman. It also explains him a lot. Yes, it does. <laughs> that he was the big mama's boy. He was, which is why he was so hung up on Drusilla, because that's the first woman who basically paid him uh, romantic attention. And I'm going to turn my mom. Ew, very but, well, Right, but I think it was, I mean, he didn't... I don't think he meant it sexually, but it, his thing was, is, oh, I love my mom. My mom's always been there for me, and she's sick, and I don't want her to die because he's a mama's boy. And then it became very Oedipal right. because just in that, because Anne, she in, was that, in that Anne Rice way. Right, because once you're vampires, you it's know, you, different. Yeah. I like um, I like the, the beginning of that story, though, the... The, the fight in the subway when you find out Robin's mother. Right. Because I loved, and I wish they would have, I mean, they just didn't have time, but oh. I love seeing the other Slayers. I love 1970s Spike. And it's just the uh, I, 80s. I have. Well, I, I thought it was the seven, it's late the, 70s when late that 70s happened. It's late 70s when he killed her. But I, I love I love seeing other Slayers. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and that's, a, you know, stuff you don't think of. Because the whole time, you're so, because... Sunnydale, regardless as it being on, on a hell mount, it's very, very squeaky clean. Like, you know, kind of America's town. And then suddenly you're in New York City on a subway fighting a vampire. That was gritty and fun. And I, I, and have, I have both the six-inch and the Barbie doll size <laughs> I have all the subway spikes. Oh, that's awesome. I don't have the spikes. I have the 12-inch. Um, oh, your birthday's coming up. We'll have to find uh, them. Yes, I need one because I have the um, Buffy, Angel, and Willow. 12-inch dolls. So all merch. All all still in the boxes. Yes. <laughs> Not so removed from the original yes. packaging. You want to play with your, right. your dolls? That's awesome. Nothing wrong with that. Go play with your dolls. Oh, that's right. what they're there for. Okay, so what I liked about that episode, um, you get the backstory, but also you see a side of um, Rob, Rob, no, um, Wood, the principal. Robin. Principal Wood. Robin Wood, yeah. You see a side of him that you don't see. This is the first time you really see how dark he can go. 
because he basically lures Spike into his home, the, into the a, garage, r- of the garage that's lined with cruci- crucifixes, and purposely plays that song that triggers him, so he has an excuse to fight him to kill him. Right. And even though he has been triggered, Spike shows great restraint and only beats the crap out of him and does not kill him. And um, like to make a point. To make a point. Because Buffy to make a point. wouldn't want that. Right. So e- even though, yes, his you know, button's been pushed and he is now angry Spike, he still has enough of himself to stop before right. he kills him. And what I love is Buffy coming in and telling Robin, if you do that again, if you step over the line again, I'm going to let Spike kill you. Period. So I'm like, ooh, wow. She's basically telling, telling Giles the same thing. Right. And, oh, yes, the season seven's puppy. Oh, yeah. It's so nice. <laughs> Fangirl. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a, that's what we do here at the Mobcast Network. We celebrate fandom. That's it. All right, number nine, Lover's Walk. My goodness. Yeah, I'm seeing it. Oh. Yeah, there is. Uh, these are the but yeah. see these are the episodes that stick out my head. But you'll never be friends, right? You'll never, never be, be friends. friends. You exactly. Can fight and you can fight and you can shag and all of this, but you'll never, never be, be friends. friends. What I love, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm just like the fact that I can just name an episode and you can quote stuff from. I've brought fri- friends together. I'm, like, I'm kind of fangirling over here right now. I'm letting y'all have I am moment. going back to school. Somebody, please give me a grant. In, okay. <laughs> in, in, I run the horror literature and film class, odd, odd-numbered fall semesters. Can I just come to your so class? So fall, fall 2005, during the final exam period. In my final exam periods, I'm collecting papers. Right. So during that final exam period, I was collecting papers and playing once more with feeling, oh. and we had a sing-along in the final exam period. <sighs> why, oh, why didn't we have these kind of classes <laughs> when I was in college? I'm a political science major. Can you imagine what my classes were like? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> what I love about this episode is everybody's relationships get screwed over in one episode. Poor Cordelia. Cordelia. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, because she and, was that high school girl you love to hate. Right. She was the Buffy and, of and that. And she's finally, you know, fallen for Xander, the biggest nerd in the school. The whole thing, in a nutshell. Which I thought was forced. Cordelia. <laughs> Spike is upset because because Drusilla's left him. He for a snot demon. For a snot demon. demon. Right. <laughs> he's pitiful. He's drunk and crying, and it's it's like and sad. And drives into town right. with the same way he did in Lover's Walk. Not Lover's Walk. Um, school hard. Right. Same way. He's pitiful. He kidnaps um, Xander and Willow because he wants Willow to make a love spell to make Drusilla be in love with him again. And how they that Cordelia and Oz went into the lab and right. they're like, oh, it smells like chemistry in here. And then they look like, oh, evil chemistry. Right, <laughs> right. And then, uh, then, of course, being a werewolf, Oz, you know, they're out on the road and he smells Willow's fear or whatnot. So anyway, so they're driving around in the Scooby van, right in the Scooby van. So they're looking for Xander and Willow. Buffy and Angel have hooked up with Spike and they're trying to, you know, figure out where Willow and Xander are. It's a whole big cluster of (laughs) what the hell. 
And it's Joss Whedon because once everybody is happy, then you have to mess that right. all up because there's no drama. Right, right, because everybody's coupled up. So in this episode, this is where um, Oz and Cordelia find Xander and Willow in a, embracing in a kiss. After that, Cordelia fa falls through the floor and gets impaled. At the end of the episode, she is in the hospital. You've got Xander coming to see her. She tells him, you know, stay away from her. Oz doesn't want to have anything to do with Willow. And then Buffy tells Angel that they'll never be friends. Um, the only way they can, she can even be around him, the only way they can even see each other is if he says that he does not love her. So basically, this is like, I'm done with you kind of episode. And poor Spike is distraught. And he leaves town saying that he is going to go find... Um, Drusilla, and he's going to kidnap her and tie her up and torture her until she loves him again. Is that the one where he's driving and away in the, the car that's got the... Yeah, all the paint, paint black paint. Yeah. Like it's right. like it's and burn. it's like, so everybody, everybody in the episode has I basically... Yeah. <laughs> awesome. He's the only one who's happy at the end because now he has a purpose. I'm he has a go purpose. Back there and make He's her gonna love go get again. Drusilla. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> but what I just loved it because it's like you're right. This is like you know, in in a lot of TV shows, you see everybody coupling up and it's so cute and blah blah blah. This episode blows that all to hell. <laughs> everybody in the Whedon esque way. Yeah. So it's I love it. It's great. So what's your number ten? Number 10 will be, of course, Innocence. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This I could have guessed um, that one. <laughs> yeah. This is when Buffy loses her virginity and Angel loses his soul. <laughs> because that, that metaphor for high school, if you have sex with your boyfriend and then he turns mean. <laughs> and he does. he got what he wanted and now he has no use for you anymore. This is a... Fr this for me... Because up until this point, I was like, oh, God, he's so sappy. Oh, my <laughs> God. Angel is just so getting on my nerves. Oh, my God. Would somebody just please give him a tissue? I mean, up until this point. And, hey, and then when he... needs someone to brood. You know, you need that quiet no, brooding time. No, I like, you know. But when he flipped... Oh, my God, he was evil. I mean, it was just like uh, kudos to the acting because it was a complete change and it's like oh i like angelus i like this the guy occasional visit from angelus you had a pot he popped up in season three yes, or he, he was pretending to pop up right. with faith because we haven't mentioned faith yet no and we didn't which i loved i couldn't pick a favorite faith episode because there are so many i do yeah. love faith and then occasionally on angel you know yeah angelus had to make you know you could almost tell it was sweeps Right. Because Angelus would make it pop up. Because I mean, you can only stand so much of the, you know, brooding angel. You gotta, you uh, gotta have. Uh, I hate Angelus, and uh, I tell you why. Because uh, the moment Angelus kills Jenny Ca Calendar, I that, was that I was, was done. I was like, I was almost you done mean with that girl from the Prince video. Right. <laughs> but you know, that was horrible. But that's one of the things I liked about that series was they're they're gonna. Do things that's not necessarily popular. They're going to go there. Josh Whedon is the way they did I didn't know Josh Whedon would kill things. I didn't realize that. Not only did he kill her, he put her in Giles's bed with roses and candles. And I mean, it was not just the killing. He was like, How'd you come in here? He's like, I'm going to kill her. The school, it was what? 
uh, all, all are welcome and seeking knowledge or whatever it was. And it's like, right. oh, well, I'm seeking knowledge. I get to cross over. Like, oh, well, no Latin on my house. Yeah, it just shows how evil Angelus was, which really made um, Spike look almost not evil at all in comparison because Angel was always about um, how do you torture people the most? You know, mentally and emotionally, and I mean it. Yeah. To kill this girl, you have to love her. Yeah, pretty much. We're running short on time, so I want to throw out my three favorite okay. really quick, uh, in reverse order. Uh, Buffy versus Dracula. Oh, that was fantastic! That's such mm-hmm. a that's it such a good. great episode. It, it it's really a, was. It's a great way. Is start of that season. Starts start season five. Which it's 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 really interesting because it's really a high funny episode. Right. And that's a really dark, sad season, and it you know. It and spoofing <laughs> everything. No more chick pit for you. Right. Right. Uh, and just the the whole how was Dracula episode, is yeah. this celebrity among vampires, and yeah. everyone knows him. Yes. And it's got it. No right. more butt monkeys. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so good. Um, my second favorite would be the body. Oh yeah. And I will tell you I why. I Loved that. Because I hate Joyce Summers. Oh, oh yeah. that's mean. No, no, no I didn't no, like no, her no, either. No, no, I have no, never been so no. happy to see somebody no, no, die. No, 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 that's no, why no. Jenner's mom had to die. Sorry, spoiler <laughs> alert. Your mom has to die. No, no, you're misunderstanding me. I hated and still don't like the character. However, I'm watching an episode and I am bawling. Yes. That episode is shot beautifully and written beautifully. That makes me who I hate this character feel so much for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's near perfect, and and people have argued with me about this. The only problem I have with the whole episode is the vampire bit at the end. It, it's unnecessary. Yeah. It's it well, is. It, well, in a way, it's just showing that even though Buffy has had this major trauma in her life. Her Slayer life still goes on. Right. There's still vampires, I, I, and she still has to take care of this. And Dawn, but we haven't f- mentioned, really mentioned Dawn. And I, love, I hate Dawn. I love Dawn. I hate Dawn. I love, is, a, I love Dawn. No, I hate a Dawn. I hate her. I hate Anya's, her. I hate her. Anya's entire fruit punch soliloquy. I love oh. Anya. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> just fruit punch. Bunnies! Like, <laughs> I still love them. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting to watch everyone process things. I, I liked, you know, I fell for it, the, 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 the whole, oh, you know, Joyce is is awake and everything. You're going to get her to the hospital. I'm like, oh, it all works out. And no, it's this dream that this this right. thought that Buffy's having, and you know, Buffy is just lost and she throws up in the the hallway and goes to clean. I mean, just yeah. very yeah. mundane. And then she has to tell Dawn, which beautifully shot. Where it was, you know, it's silent and quiet. You you get to see the moment as the students do in that class, and watch them have the sisterly moment. I love that episode. Because because of the fact that I, I never thought television or good writing would make me, you know, hate a character so much, but then make me care as as much as I disliked or it made me care. Right. So it's still one of my favorite episodes. My all time favorite episode is Normal Again. And Ash versus Evil Dead just did a spin on that. <laughs> oh, did they? Wow. I, to see yeah. it. I I didn't. Do, oh wow! <laughs> I got to see that. that. Is, uh, the with. Ash being in the mental institution right. and mm-hmm. well them making him think that he was in the mental right. institution okay. and that he had made all of this up. Right. The great thing about normal again though, the way it ends, you're not sure. Right. And I I'm on, on the fan, I, watching that and I've watched it recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, um I can't tell. I can't tell how, you know, and the, it's smart, but having Buffy 
you know, wake up in a mental institution with her parents who have been both out of the picture. I don't. We never find the out. The mysterious what, Hank Summers. <coughs> right, the Hank shows back up. And he he right. comes back in the comics for an episode, and she realizes, that, or for an issue, excuse me, and she realizes that Giles really was her father. Right. Oh wow. <laughs> and so it's the way that whole episode's done. I just love the fact that she, I mean, she doesn't know. And it, it takes you on the journey where you're like, I'm questioning everything. Like, I know it's not real, but now it's like doubly maybe not real. And it's right. <laughs> on a psychological level, that's traumatizing. <laughs> well, uh, um, two of them that I like that we mm. haven't talked about yet, I am partial to pull out all the stops season finales. The Gift yep. from season oh. five. The Gift is good. And oh. the look on James Marsher's face at the end when he just puts his hand over his face and he's just crumpling and sobbing. Right. Uh, Buffy's speech at the end of that is, yes. is oh, you know, beautiful. The, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Right. Right. And then Chosen, the series finale. Mm -hmm. Every time when she rises up and the music swells and she looks the first in the eyes, you know, and the, 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 all of the Slayerettes have been empowered right. by Willow. Mm. And I love the way that the series ends and that look on Sarah Michelle Gellar's face that there's that glimmer of hope, just right. the beginning of a smile. Oh, that was so heartbreaking, though. I almost put that on my list. I really did, and I, you know, as I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be cliche, but it's not really cliche because it was such a brilliant episode. Yeah. Um, and and you can ask Scotty. I am not emotional at all. I was very emotional that episode, and it's like, oh, make your choice. Just, yeah. Are you ready to be strong? Right. And it wasn't, I mean, it's just the whole thing. And, you know, Spike sacrifice and you you lose Anya. And you, I mean, it's just. Sp Spike sacrifice is, 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 I think, lessened in Angel, though, because he comes back as a ghost. But you angel. don't know that. Yeah, at the, when, because I watched it. Right. I watched right. it as before it was happening. The before the <laughs> right. right. So Right. So I didn't know he was coming I back when Anya's I watched death it. Is, 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 I mean, means something because it's permanent. And so right, and but and but at the time of watching well, right, that, I'm we sure thought Spike's death was permanent. And Andrew is still spinning his stories. He's still right. the storyteller, right? But he's telling this to Xander, and it's what Xander needs to hear, right? So it was it was a very powerful episode. It's a, it's a tough I, season too, because I mean, yeah. not only you've got you know the potentials that are, are popping up. Shout mm -hmm. out to Felicia Day. Just <laughs> Who just commented on the 20th anniversary. She just yeah. had a baby, too. So she had a little calliope. She just. Um, I just know way too much about her. Um, Twitter. Uh, but, you know, you have you know, Caleb come in, and who is uh, Nathan Feeling? Nathan Feeling is amazing as this. <laughs> he mean, was great. I, now, I that was one of the creepiest. Yeah, pulls out Fillion. Xander's eye. <laughs> yeah, that's one of. Now, he was really one of the creepiest bad guys. I think of, of the series. The misogyny. He right. he embodied the misogyny that Buffy had been fighting against right. all along. Right, and he's got that, you know, uh, uh, cult leader, preacher thing going Motif for him. Going. That whole, it was, uh. I, I, I go back and forth. I really like Caleb. I also like Glory. I didn't like Glory. I love Glory. I Glory's didn't like great. Glory. <laughs> I didn't like Glory. My husband really liked Glory. I'm Glory's sure. Great. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I just saw. I like the whole over the top. She was beautiful, she was. but I but did. I didn't then. like her as well, a. Oh, you know me. Was, you know me. That's was, not what I go for. She was, but she was that same. 
you know, the the power of the girl who is that popular-looking, right. beautiful girl with the f- the good clothing. I, I never and all bought of that. hers being scary though, and that's what I, I just I couldn't buy it. I never bought her so being like bad. Mean I mean, being like nth, dangerous. The mean girl to the nth degree. Right, she is. Oh. I mean, she's definitely a Heather, <laughs> but but I just didn't. Sh- she was not threatening to me, so it didn't. Of course, I really, I, I just dislike Dawn, and I hated anything See, I love Dawn. Dawn. See, I love so Dawn. So it's kind of like the whole Dawn thing was like, my, the, and even even mm. after the key and all that Dawn stuff, was I was like, like the cousin Oliver. Well, oh, yeah. well, here's the problem with Dawn. It's almost like jump the shark. I like Dawn, <laughs> but Dawn wor- works if bu- Buffy ends at five. Dawn works. The right. problem with Dawn not working is that six season six and seven, they've got, we have this new character we have to keep. We don't know how to really do. Let's make her a klepto, and let's. They, there's no focus for her. Why didn't they just like magically get rid of her? Like they magically made she's her amazing appear. And they, they just but she serves no purpose in the in the season six and seven, really. Well, I want to sneak it in. Um, my favorite comedic episode yes. is Pangs, the Thanksgiving Pangs. episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, as a family, yes. as a family, we watch that episode every Thanksgiving. I think my favorite is uh, That's I like awesome. uh, Double Meat Palace. Oh, because <laughs> I like it. Double meat is double sweet. I love it because it's so mundane, and then right. it's got. I mean, it's like that one's great. It's like triple horrifying in different levels, and it's you know. It, no one likes you. I'm like one of soil and uh, green is people. <laughs> oh so god, that's crazy. So good. Uh, that era of Buffy when she's just like, I mean, you know, she's. I've got to support this. I'm that's like why a lot of people don't like season six because and and I'm fine with season six. I love season six because this is the passage to adulthood and maybe it was it was more realistic than a lot of fans wanted. Like I need to escape from my life and this is my life. Working right. at a fast food place, I've had to drop out of school, take care of my sister. You know, I was in heaven and now I'm in hell, you know, and dealing with this emotionally sadomasochistic relationship. And she's just not in a good place for the whole season. Buffy doesn't have issues. She has subscriptions. Yes, she she sure does. She sure does. Well, thank you both for this retrospective on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I had a blast. I did too. Uh, This has been great. I love talking about Buffy. Me too. We've been toying around with a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We'll have to, to have you on for that. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, do an episode by episode retrospective, and that will keep. That's 144 episodes. We have to start. <laughs> we really need to start that again well, because it's it's just you're in charge, so senior producer. Well, I've been I've been busy working and you. then doing this, I, so I it's going to happen. It's no, going to no, happen. No, no judges here. Um, you can follow me uh, at, uh, on Twitter at Scotty White and the rest of my social media at scottywhite.com. And you can follow me at Stephanie S Ward One on Twitter or Stephanie Stockwell Ward on Facebook and. Always Stephanie on Instagram and whatever else. Just Google me. And Just Google. And how can we find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook, and I'm at University of South Alabama. Awesome. So you, can, you can find me there. Fall 2017, Horror Literature and Film Class. Let's take your class. Oh, I want to take your class. I have to, to audit. Can we audit your class? Yeah. I'm totally going to do that. Actually, may, oh, I'm planning to come in the fall anyway, so I may just have to take it. I need to go <laughs> back to school because school seems more fun now. <laughs> School's fun with me. Yeah, I have to do this. She does have the, the, the pepper. <laughs> I know, I know. That'd be awesome. This is our contribution to the multiverse. Go out and make yours. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.
What do you expect me to do? Your best. I touch the fire and it freezes me. I look into it and it's black. Why can't I feel my skin should crack and peel? I want the fire back. Now through the smoke she calls to me to make my way across the flame to save the day. Torture burn is scorching me. Buffy's laughing, I have no doubt. I hope she fries. I'm free if that bitch dies. I better help her out. Cause she is drawn to the fire. Some people she will never learn. And she will walk through the fire. Do a thing to change her Am I leaving Dawn in danger Is my slayer too far gone to care What if Buffy can't defeat it Beady eyes is right where needed Or we could just sit around and glare We'll see it through It's what we're always here to do So we will walk through the fire So one by one they turn from me I guess my friends can't face the cold can't but why I froze not one among them knows and never can be told she so came from the grave much graver first he'll kill her then I'll save her everything is turning out so dark no, I'll save her, then I'll kill her. And what the this line's mostly to learn. It's what they take to strike a spark. These endless days are finally ending in a place. And we are caught in the fire. The point of no return. So we will walk through the fire. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Mopcast Network, on Facebook.com slash Mopcast Network, or just visit us at Mopcast.com. And remember, this is our contribution to the multiverse. Go out and make yours. Thank you for listening to the Mopcast Network.